Now, the weekends, you need some time off. You need your brain to relax. Completely get that. But during the week, you're still in work mode. And where I started finding myself being as efficient as possible is I didn't leave work mode during the week. I would go home. I would read. I would work on things. I would I would role play. I would practice just verbalizing what I was going to say to certain accounts. And it helped me accelerate my growth during the week. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hey, leaders. Welcome back. This is Ledge. Today, I am welcoming Mike O'Kelly. Mike, give us your best shot at the Mike story and all the wonderful things that you're up to for the audience that doesn't know you yet. Okay. Thanks, Ledge. Uh, appreciate being on. Um, had a great interview with you on my podcast about a month ago. So I've been waiting for this day for uh, the tables <laughs> to be turned. So my name is Mike O'Kelly. Uh, I am a former uh, minor league baseball player. So a perform- former professional athlete that fell backwards into sales, like most people, did not go to school for sales. I went to college, played college baseball because I wanted to make it to the big leagues. And so sales was my backup plan that I never knew I had. And so I got in with Enterprise Rent-A-Car and it was a fantastic four years. I parlayed that into a pharmaceutical position and then that led on to medical sales, which I did for the next 15 years. So all in all in the sales world, a little over 20 and a couple years ago was, um, uh, decided to go full-time as an entrepreneur. And one of the products or one of the services was uh, a sales technology that uh, myself and um, my partners created due to a need in the sales world. And uh, the last two years, we have been building that and decided to jump on the podcasting train and meet very smart, intelligent people like yourself. And so here we are today. When tell us about the technology. I want to make sure we get to, you know, make sure we plug the the company because as an entrepreneur, yes. every opportunity to mention the name and talk about the need and, you know, why you developed it. And I particularly love those stories of, you know, we mm-hmm. saw a need in the marketplace from our own work. Yep. And then we went, you know, built something to address it. Yep. Well, I appreciate that. Um, contrary to the video you're watching right now, I'm not a self promoter. <laughs> if you're watching, if you're, if you're not watching the video, I've got my rhythm. He's hat. got the logo behind him I'm on the, the wall. The logo behind me on the wall. Uh, that was a nice present from my wife because uh, I had nothing back there. It was just a blank wall. And so I mentioned that, you know, I saw some podcasters that had, you know, signs on the wall. And so she went to Etsy and, you know, I really appreciate that. But, so yeah, Rhythm AI. So, you know, Rhythm kind of sh- is short for algorithm. And in the sales world, in the outside sales world, the B2B world, there really is an algorithm to a way to do things and a way not to do things. And we call those the rights. And so I was very fortunate to, you know, my, my business partner, a uh, very smart guy, 
had been noodling around this idea because he used to be a manager with a very large pharmaceutical company. And he noticed that uh, sales reps needed help uh, optimizing their days because no two days are the same in outside sales. And so he had been noodling around this idea and he kind of pitched it to me. And immediately I kind of ran with, with what he said and started rattling off all these different ideas that spurred in my head. And all of a sudden, you know, the idea started to take root and it, it took about a year until we actually found some engineering help. But let's just fast forward to 2020. We'd already gone through beta groups and we we're bringing the product to market. And um, I feel like something you know, important happened in 2020. <laughs> yeah, there was something, um, you know, I was, yeah, I was, you know, we were, I was at the time selling radiation machines to dermatologists, uh, capital equipment, and all of a sudden staying at home. And I had a young daughter and I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm having conversations with my partner and it's just, I said, you know, being away from working for somebody else as I was, you know, W2 position, I said, I just want to do my own thing. And I think a lot of people have similar stories where the pandemic really shifted the mindset and it slowed people out of just doing the same old, same old and start evaluating what was important in their life. And at that time, there was just a conversation that we needed to bring the product to market and we needed to go after it. And so, you know, we were mentioned in pre-call and I don't remember if we talked about it on, our, on, our, on the last time we talked on my podcast that I'm very fortunate because, um, you know, my wife allowed it, <laughs> you know, I was leaving a very lucrative six figure sales job to basically go chase a dream. And, uh, the dream really, and what rhythm really is, is a, um, sales optimization uh, technology that that we hope is going to make sales professionals jobs easier out in the field. And they can, they can be in front of the right people at the right times with the right frequencies at the right locations. So all they have to do is sell. And we've taken everything else off the table. They just show up and they sell because salespeople are really good at selling. What they struggle with is all the variables in the outside world. And if their kid is sick and they've got to abort their day and go pick up their kid and they had meetings, they have to reschedule. And when things don't go well, that's where that's where the best plan starts to fall apart. And we didn't see it out in the market. So we decided to create it. I think I totally resonate with that. Now, I've never been, you know, sort of pounding the pavement outside sales like a pharma or medical type of rep would would be and you know I've always done the the zoom selling so essentially I was not to say I was happy for you know the pandemic when everybody said oh yeah you can finally sell on zoom I'm like I know I've been doing this since like 2013 when it was weird you know but yeah I mean I I can't imagine like I because I did used to do the whole like coffee meeting circuit and you would see you know, you had to meet people that way. Everybody wanted to get coffee and you meet together and just like, let's talk about what you do. And, you know, you could get three of them in maybe in a day if there wasn't traffic and, and you just get home at the end of the day and it's just like, you didn't get anything done. And, and then the follow-up and, you know, all the stuff, I completely could understand like how miserable that would be optimizing like around like, Hey, do I have, do I have a doctor or do I have a, a prospect who happens to be close to this one because 
my meeting just canceled? Like, how can I be effective here and not just, you know, screw around at Starbucks? And, um, of course, the pandemic would be a beatdown for that type of business. And it was, but I'm sure you're going to see that come come back around now. So what will you do and how are you thinking about that return to it's not going to be normal or new normal or, you know, whatever the thing. But I mean, people are going to be sort of poking their head back out into, you know, in-person sales. So have you had to pivot or think about the changes then that it's are involved with that? So it's interesting you bring that up. I hear this a lot from outside the industry. And surprisingly, the outside sales world hasn't been affected as dramatically as one might think. But there's no such thing as putting that genie back in the bottle. The ways of the past, because what that also allowed the offices, and and a lot of my experience is in the medical pharmaceutical space um, after enterprise, but the, the, the offices, they... Um, they were used to not having sales reps in there during the pandemic. And there are some, there's some feedback from some of our users that say these offices have now restricted it. And to which I talked to them and I said, perfect. And they look at me like, what are you talking about? You have the secret weapon that other sales reps don't have because for a lot of the time in the pharmaceutical medical space, and we actually have some clients on rhythm. We're not just for uh, uh, medical and pharmaceutical. You know, there's a, there's a guy down in Texas that uh, signed on about a month ago, absolutely loves the program and he's selling uh, industrial, uh, industrial. It's gotta be like a heavy equipment or something like that. And uh, like he's ball bearings and he sees some of his biggest clients are concrete companies. And yeah. he was like, man, it's like shooting fish in a barrel using your program, especially with our prospecting tool. Um, but, so yeah. it's not it's not just medical pharmaceutical, but uh, the the some of the industries have adopted a more hybrid Zoom, FaceTime, and it's the ability to do more uh, virtual. There's more touching through technology. When I was full bore going at it, probably till about 2018, email was not heavily utilized at all. Text message was not really heavily utilized. It was to some extent, I'd say maybe five to 10% of my clients were utilizing it. And then by 2020, just before the pandemic, I'd say 50%. What we're hearing now is it's probably almost 85 to 90%. They're using more communications than face-to-face. That oh, yeah. is what has changed. And so stop there for everybody. Like if you want like the most basic of tips, do not be afraid to use text messaging. I text every prospect and we ask for mobile numbers and people don't object. And and this is like primarily from a a zoom based, you know, type of world. So without question, if you take one thing away, like if you don't have text messaging in your sales flow, you are blowing it. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to give your number away. Yeah, because people are very respectful. Everybody gets spammed left and right. Now, just realize if you get a cell phone, that doesn't give you the right to spam them. Everything you communicate with technology needs to bring a level of value. I would not send text messages. Hey, I just want to follow up. That does nothing. That's a nothing burger. And yet I hear this all the time that, you know, like, I would actually be with physicians and they, their phone would ring and they'd look down and they'd just be like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? and they were like, they were like, well, this, this rep just texts me like, good morning. 
And uh, I, that's not uh-huh. what that ruins it for everybody else. I know. That is I know, so Lush. cringy, man. I know. I know. And so, you know, just realize every time you reach out, bring some sort of value. So what I used to do is, hey, I just heard this at a conference that I went to two weeks ago, and I thought you'd really find this interesting. Blah, 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 blah. Let me know what you think. And usually they would respond and be like, that's great. Hey, by the way, I've got, a, I've got a meeting canceled on Friday. Can you come in? I'm there. You know, and it's, again, you bring value, they will respect that, and they will want you around because all of a sudden you're dropping value left and right. And they're going to be like, I have to talk to Mike because he's teaching me things. I'm stuck in my business and this guy is going out into the world and he's bringing back information that's going to help me do my job better. And he may or may not profit off of that. I then become valuable. And that works for anybody of of any any sort, right? Like, and now you just took the sort of modality of the meeting away. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, that not that the thing, right? Like who wants to talk to the idiot sales annoying person that just sends that follow up? Hey, just wanted to check in. Still still want to talk to me? Or like, what about now? You know, two months ago, you said you might think about it this month. And and of course, we all need to do that. You know, there's the memory jogger, you know, type of I want to interrupt you real quick. I mm. used to be that guy when I first started because I didn't know. Didn't so we all? So, so if you're listening right now and you were that person, <laughs> just realize at some point you always fumbled. Like, yeah, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know how to talk to girls. So the first time I did, it was a hamana, hamana, hamana. And that's okay. <laughs> you learn by failure. You learn Wait, you learned how to talk to girls? Like, hold on a second. Like, <laughs> that's a whole separate episode, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're going to fail. Uh, you're going you're gonna to stumble. You're going to fall. But just realize if you're doing that right now and you're not bringing value, you probably need to uh, pivot and then learn another technique. But, but yeah, it is um, – you know, it's an evolution. So, you know, nobody, nobody is uh, born a sales professional. I believe they're all made. And, um, you know, something, some, something in someone's background could create something in their personality that makes them more suitable. But again, um, it's kind of that nurture versus nature. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And you guys have built into the tooling, I think some of that sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's trite almost now to say, Oh, it coaches you. But I think like some of those like practices of saying, Hey, like what maybe might be the best approach at this point, you know, in a more humanized kind of way, not, Mm -hmm. I always think of like human automation, like how we use the tools to help us be better at the things we ought to have been doing anyway. They don't do it for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. And what rhythm does is we're just trying to uh, take all the variables that you have out in the field, simplify it. And it's funny, I I went through the beta. I started using this program years ago and I've lived in Charlotte for over 20 years. Charlotte is, if you, you know, if anybody has been to Charlotte, North Carolina, I call the road system fractured glass. You know, if you look at the map, it's a big circle, 45 encapsulates another big circle, which is 277, which is around Uptown. And then all the roads in between are just spread like a spider's web or fractured glass. There's no rhyme or reason to the shape, to the curvature, nothing. And so I used to always think that I was driving efficiently. And what do you know? I started actually testing and kicking the tires with rhythm. And I was like, huh, I've been driving further 
Because again, the roads, it's very difficult to get from A to B and know unless you're actually using technology to show you. And I wasn't using Google navigation or I wasn't using navigation in my car every single time because you know what I said? I was arrogant. I said, I live in Charlotte. I know these roads. I know which is the fastest way from office A to office B. And then I actually started using rhythm. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been going for a decade. I've been driving a mile and a half further just between these two offices than I should have been because I quote unquote knew exactly where to go. And so that was an aha moment for me where, you know, I believed in the product cause I was one of the, <laughs> I was one of the creators. But then when I started actually using it, I, I really realized how much time I had wasted in my career. And that's the domino effect. If you don't, the time is what every sales professional has every day. We all get the same amount. You're, the people you're trying to sell to your buyers, they are open and available from a certain time in the day. And so everyone that's trying to sell their product, their service, their widget, what have you to them, you all get the same opportunity. And if you can optimize your time and you can maximize those opportunities you have, you're going to crush it in sales. And so that's the fundamental belief that we have behind the platform. And I've realized through that, I had to humble myself and realize that what I thought was true, especially just the simple thing of driving from A to B. I wasn't doing it correctly. So I had to rethink everything and kind of take a step back. And that's a lot about the the physical location there and the out, outside sales literally out, out in the field. Is that primarily what rhythm is going to work in and around? Because, you know, obviously there's those of us that are sort of just like, well, next on the calendar, click the Zoom link. You know, now there's a lot of that now. So what's the, I guess, what's the analog to you know, the, the next meeting being, uh, 15 minutes away on zoom. So you're, are you asking like, is there something for inside sales? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, how do you guys, uh, think about it that way? I mean, outside, I guess a lot of the outside type of people have migrated to, you know, if, if they can't get physical meetings anymore, then, you know, then there's the challenge of like, how do I hybrid? Because some people I can meet with remotely and some people I can't. So. So we've in in our in our uh, platform we have they have the ability the user has the ability to schedule meetings and those meetings can be virtual and so we have a subtype that's virtual and we're working on the integration so that they can actually click on the button within the platform and it goes to a Zoom or it goes to Google Meet what have you um, that is something we're going to do for we do for organizations for individual users it's actually very difficult so that's for our enterprise customers um, but. That would take into account um, no geolocation. So whenever the virtual meeting is hit, that is not something that has a physical location, even though it is a touch point. Because what we really want to do is track touch points. And because there's because there is uh, more utilization in technology now, you're going to get text messages and phone calls in between your scheduled face-to-face -face visits. And so if that constitutes a call. You know, and what we say is a call is something that happened in the past. A meeting is something that happens in the future. And usually meetings are scheduled. You know, you're not going to just walk into a place and say, oh, I've got a meeting. with." No, it's a, it's a call. It's a pop-in. It's a prospecting call. And so we try to delineate the different types of calls and not get super granular, but you have to have a little bit of understanding. And so we're building out more features that go along these lines of a, what is a prospecting call? Is it a sales call? Is it a sales meeting? 
Is it a customer service call? You know, after the sale is made, are you going back in and making sure that the process is working, that you've done the proper follow-up without using the words follow-up, folks? Just remember, don't use those words. Those are the two words that, uh, yeah, those are the the bad words. Um, And so we realize that not all calls are created equal. And so we, we do allow for that. Now, our engineering team has told us they have solved the inside sales dilemma. Because what our algorithm does right now is it relies heavily on geolocation. Well, if you're an inside sales, there's no geolocation because you never move. And so that was the that was what our engineers were really challenged with was how do we also do this for in, uh, inside sales teams? Because there are inside sales organizations that really want rhythm. And they really want to get more efficient. Yeah, it's a complete waste of time. Like, And you're switching between tooling sets and you you got to log into different stuff. And, uh, you know, like there's, yeah, there's a ton there. And, uh, in between meetings, when I do have a little bit of time, which thing should I be doing? Should I work on that proposal, which is going to take me a long time? Should I work on that email? Should I look at my text messages and, you know, really making the next best action to move revenue forward? Exactly. And so we're, we're working on that. It's really exciting what we're, we're working on because, at the soul of our company is we're trying to make sales efficient. And, you know, from the outside sales world, what really kills me is when people leave because they either have a company where it's just not a right company product fit. uh, They don't have the training. There's no hope. And the difference with inside sales, and I'm going to ask you, uh, outside sales, you feel like you're on an island. Like you don't have any coworkers for the most part. I never had a coworker uh, for the most part in Charlotte because I was always the Charlotte rep. Because you have a, you actually have a geographic location. Yeah. yeah. So I never had like happy hours with coworkers, and it was the national sales meeting. It was the only time we got together, and so you feel like you're on an island. And so what we wanted to do, what we want to do is we want to empower the sales professional if they want to stay in outside sales. We want to help them be able to do so by taking away the biggest headache, which is the, I mean, it's constant planning in outside sales. When I, before we had rhythm, when I was going to prepare for the week, I usually had an algorithm. My Friday afternoons, I'd have one eye on the next week. And then usually it was Sunday night, about three to three hours or so of just, okay, who am I seeing this week? Uh, Who, who, you know, looking back at old call notes and I'd start my preparation. And then every night I'd also do preparation for the next day. And then I would have to do, when I showed up to an account, I would have to do my pre-call messaging again. And so it was just all of this, just where am I going? Who am I talking to? And so all of a sudden, you know, we created rhythm so that 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 part of having to plan constantly, where am I going? What's my routing? Who am I seeing? How do I find prospects? We've taken that off the table. So now all you have to worry about is, you see your call notes from before, you know, like if you were one of my, if you're one of my prospects, you know, Ledge was talking about um, what's really hurting them right now is they're spending way too much time on X, Y, and Z. If my solution can help with X, Y, and Z, I'm going to walk in and just say, hey, Ledge, last time we talked, you had mentioned that you really didn't like spending time on X, Y, and Z. I wanted to talk about how that can be taken off the table with whatever solution this is. You know, and just you're bringing back that call from you know the previous call. You're you're now there's a call continuum, 
And it's important to have that call continuum because if you're starting over fresh each time, that sales cycle could be a year, maybe two years, or maybe it just never happens. And so taking as much off the sales representative's plate as possible, setting them up for success by putting them in the right places or optimizing their time if they're in inside sales, that's what we're trying to do. So I, I, of course, as a salesperson, I've let the cat out of the bag saying that we're working on an inside sales solution, which our engineers are probably really mad at me if, if they see this because they're like, you're not supposed to say anything. It's not ready yet. Because um, now, now they're on the clock. Sales guys always, uh, always have to set the stage. So we do. No, I love like, that. I mean, like, I can tell you how much work it takes just to, you know, I, I typically work with, um, our objective is the same in, in our world. It's just like my calendar needs to be wall to wall meetings, which means I can't do any of those other things. And unless I were to work every night and every Sunday and, and, you know, it's like that also becomes untenable because at least for me as a, as a salesperson, you know, every, every call I'm on stage, like it's, it's, you know, it's like, I need to prepare for performance, which is, is more about like, not knowing it's not always like I need to know what the last thing was. Yes, I need that. But it's also like, you know, did I just wake up or like, you know, my on point, like, you know, shake it out a little bit, you know, like I just like, it's, it's really like, uh, I, I think it's much more of a performance art than, than anything. And, uh, you know, it takes an entire human to manage my calendars. It takes an entire human to set up meetings and, you know, make sure everything's straight. And then every time somebody cancels to do all the right things and, you know, to whatever extent technology can help with that, it's, it's going to be enormous. If, if you were on your own and you're really working out there on an island and you don't have sales ops and rev ops and administrative and, you know, contract support and all those things, you're at a significant disadvantage in a lot of major companies who have a sales organization, you know, don't provide those things. They just think that sales reps should do everything. And well, when am I working on that big proposal that, you know, actually should take some time if my call calendar is blocked out, I'm, I'm doing that at, at night instead of hanging out with my, my wife and kids. And, and I, I think that uh, the quality of life, calculation there is just, I mean, no wonder you, you know, get to where you're burned out. Right. So. Yeah. And you brought up something interesting that um, I hadn't thought of uh, in a while, which I love having these conversations because it just, it, it sparks something in my head that, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind, but you were talking about it's a performance. And that is one thing that I didn't realize early in my career. I remember there was a day where I had 12 full presentations in person. I had to take the next day off. I was just exhausted. It, and so I realized at that point, I was like, I'm aggressive and I want to be a yes man, you know, famously the Jim Carrey movie, but I can't say yes to everyone's request on the same day. I have to spread them out. And, and here's some advice you're listening. It's okay to tell a prospect no. You know, can you beat there on Monday? I can't. Always give them a suggestion or a couple suggestions. Like, don't just say no, but just say, you know what? I can't. My my schedule is swamped that day. I am available Thursday and Friday from these times. Would that work? 
And all of a sudden they're thinking subconscious, oh, well, I'm available on Monday, but he's not. You know, so they're starting to think it's kind of that, you know, wow, um, that guy's under this, demand. Yeah, he's exactly. Busy. He's under demand. Wow. He's he's. But it's if also it's like, are you available Monday at 8 a.m.? Sure. I haven't got shit to do. You know, like, <laughs> how how much under demand, you know, is exactly. the thing that you're selling if you have no meetings on the calendar? Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, they'll tell doctors that like early, yeah. you know, people who start doctor practices, just tell them your book for two weeks. Yep. Even so what I would do. So what I would do is I would kind of think to myself, if I was doing scheduled meetings, I would limit myself to four scheduled meetings a day, if that included a lunch. And I would do, you know, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Yeah. And, and, the, and the lunch could account for that because that was all I could do to be sharp. Because like you said, it is a, it's a presentation. Uh, when I first started doing podcasts, it wiped me out Doesn't to do it? podcasts. Yep. I mean, it, it, and people don't understand, you know, it's, uh, I, I remember hearing some sports talk radio guys talk about how hard it is to talk for like three hours. And I said, oh, it's not that hard to talk. And then I did a podcast and first couple episodes were like 35 minutes. And I was like, oh my gosh, my throat was sore. I, I love it. Yeah. And so now, you know, um, I know you're, you've got tons of episodes and we're getting up there close to a hundred. And it's, it's funny how all of a sudden it's, I'm starting to get in shape for talking straight, uh, you know, and, um, but it, it, it is, you have to figure out the, what do you need during your day to be your best self? And I figured out that was four meetings in a day. And what I tried to do is I tried not to go over like 20 for a week. Yeah. And so you're like, well, obviously Mike, that's four, um, that's four times five days. Well, sometimes people would do happy hours. I mean, I had a lot of offices that wanted to do, uh, we would do night uh, dinners. We would do, um, sometimes I would do uh, in surgeries. I would go and watch them perform. And then my product was used afterwards. Like there's, there's a lot of different ways. And so throughout the week, you know, 20 was the max. And And that's a lot, you know, and people, I think people who manage salespeople who don't understand that, you know, like we, um, if we're staffing out, you know, a high end account executive, you, you get more than 15 raw zoom calls inbound on somebody's calendar. They're going to be destroyed and they're they're useless. And, and then like what happens when, you know, eight, $8 billion company that you've been begging to have a call with happens Thursday at four o'clock PM. By the time they get there, they're a drooling blob because you had them working garbage prospects for, you know, three straight days at eight calls a day. And, uh, you know, that has material impact on the business. And so I know I had to give myself grace just like you, just to be like, it's three o'clock, but I'm freaking toast. Like, I I can't work on this. I'm going to make a mistake. It's going to cost us like a million dollars. I'm coming back tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. And and I just wanted to clarify, only a couple of times that I ever hit my twenty meetings mm-hmm. normally i'd be about 12 to 15 because well, a lot of the limit it, is right like <laughs> that was the limit with 20 but i very rarely had anybody wanted to do four meetings on a friday yeah and so yeah. i've i've actually pushed back i've done podcast episodes and i've written about it on linkedin friday afternoons should no longer be a sales time of the yeah. week unless somebody says come see me at three o'clock on a friday specifically their words not yours And the reason why is like you mentioned, everybody is burnt on a Friday Mm -hmm. and business owners are exhausted 
and they're being stretched thin. The people that you're trying to sell to, your buyers are exhausted. And all they're thinking about, they have one eye on the weekend right after their lunch break on Friday. Yeah. And if they have a retail store, if they have a brick and mortar, or they have employees, they're going to have to stay late because you're walking in the door as an outside sales professional. Guess what you just did? You just made everybody else get pay and a half. Right. Even if it's 15 yeah. minutes. I remember I had a doctor light me up early in my career because I heard from a guru, quote unquote, that, oh, if you go in at 4.55 on a Friday, you know, they're not going to be busy because they're not going to have patients. I walked in and this doctor lit me up. Do you realize what you just cost me? And I'm like, no, you don't close for five minutes. He was like, you see all this staff? I got to pay time and a half if they stay till 5.01. Are you going to reimburse me for that? And I said, thank you for your time. I'm out. <laughs> He's right. I never went back. Yeah, right. I mean, I it's like, you know, who wants to see you then? Like no one. I mean, you're right. No if one. somebody asks for it, but uh, I have, I've got videos and stuff about this too. Like that I've had to force myself to just do no call Fridays. Yep. Like, and it's just to like catch up and, you know, even once yep. in a while uh, we support each other to just go and like, I got to run some friggin' errands. Like I've done nothing. There's yep. nothing to eat in my house because I work you know, so hard the other days. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think we've just uh, adopted this insanity of, you know, like more is, is better. And it's, it's hard to train yourself to do, you know, sort of uh, quality over quantity, but that's yeah. really the way it is. And, and so I much of that some... filtering is important. Yeah. yeah. I heard something, um, I think it was like two months ago. I wish I would have written it down, but it was something like in 1980, the average person was only sold to twice a day. Now they're sold to, now, I'm oh, sorry, business owners were sold to twice a day in 1980. In 2020, I think that was when the survey was done. I think pre COVID or I don't know what time, but it just said 2020, almost 60 times per day. The people are sold. I know my LinkedIn is just full of people. My text messages, my emails. I mean, shoot, if my partners send me emails to my Rhythm account and they send it to me like five hours, in five hours, I've got almost 100 emails that have come in from people, quote unquote, trying to get 15 minutes of my time. Bringing no value. They're just like, hey, I'd love to tell you about my product if you've got 15 minutes. Or so, really we can network. Or you, yeah, you, know, you don't like you don't want to. I have <laughs> 87 to... unanswered LinkedIn things right now. You know, and, and it's it's not even like and I'm the guy like I try to be like, I'll actually click the button. I'm not interested. I hope you have a good day. It's so much volume that I can't even be polite <laughs> to my own ilk. <laughs> so. And I try because I'm an easy sell. I love to be yes. an innovator from the mind. Like I love to try new things. I love to tinker. I mean, I can't tell you how many SaaS products while building our tech stack to support our sales and marketing I've tried. I've probably got hundreds of trials that I've tried and I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. You and know, and a lot of times emails, like indefinitely. Indefinitely. Yeah. I've had to go and, and like cancel a lot of those, but um, the point, the point is you have to understand there's two times on the calendar that I think are no longer effective if you're prospecting. And that is Monday morning and that's Friday afternoon. Just clear those from your, your doc right now. If you're a sales leader, stop making your people and stop forcing your people to do prospecting calls Monday morning and Friday afternoons, because those are when business professionals are just inundated 
And I am keeping a scoreboard in my head of people that are trying. I mean, I get LinkedIn messages like, you know, 7.55. Hey, hope I caught you before you started your day. Blah, blah, blah. Can we meet? It's like, dude, I'm dropping my kids off at daycare. And like, I haven't even finished my first cup of coffee. Like, just chill, okay? I've got a laundry list of to-dos. I've got emails that I need to respond to for my clients. Like, we are business owners. We need time to get adjusted from the weekend, okay? I'm not in a buying mode Monday morning or Friday afternoon, okay? <laughs> Friday afternoons, I am setting up my meetings for the following week with people that I didn't have chance to, uh, maybe they're colleagues, maybe they are, uh, you know, groups we consult with and also clients, you know, people reach out to us, you know, they, they, they email us and they have questions about certain things. And, you know, we try to respond within 24 hours, but you know, if you run a SaaS company out there, you understand there's a lot of emails that come in. There's a lot of questions and, you know, we try to answer everything as fast as possible. So best success is do not do that anymore. And so what you do on the Mondays and the Fridays, like you said, that can be where you get caught up on, you know, errands or, you know what, that's when you can train and teach your people. If you're running an inside sales organization, do some phone techniques, you know, tell them to, you know, work on their prospecting, not just smile and dial, smile and dial, smile. Or go and back dial. and listen to your calls from the week and yeah. make your own notes, like take, yeah. take insight notes on, wow, I sounded like an idiot. Because when yes. you, you give yourself a little separation on your own calls and you're just like, God, that was terrible. And, and and we record all the video too. So you're just like, wow, like look how pissed off or like bored I look. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I talk about back to the performance thing, you know, it's, it's like, dude, you didn't smile the whole time. You didn't yep. do eye contact on the camera the whole time. You know, you were looking down to the right, which means you were checking the time on your computer. And there's so much stuff that goes into that, you know, analysis mm -hmm. now. I think there totally was a agree. there was a study that came out of either Sweden or Switzerland. I apologize. I know it was an SW, uh, <laughs> Scandinavian country, um, and it said you could, there were studies that companies that went to four days a week were more productive. So think about it. If you still want to do the Monday through Friday, Monday mornings teaching and learning from the previous week, Friday afternoons getting prepared for the following week and doing any cleanup, you know, responding to emails that may have fallen through the crats, et cetera. In between, guess what you have? Four days where you can be hyper-focused and you can optimize your opportunities. That is how I think the new modern sales week should go. Your Monday mornings are going to set you up for success for the week. You can have opportunities to learn from previous and then Friday afternoons set you up for the next week and you get caught up and then you rinse and repeat, you rinse and repeat. And I think that hyper-focused consistency and optimizing of the time, I think that is the new formula for success. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Before we run out, you know, I did want to ask you, you are moving from or have moved from, you know, sort of being out, right, outside sales and or, you know, things that are not SaaS. And now you sell your own SaaS. And I just wonder what that was like. You must have had a bunch of learnings of what oh works gosh. and what doesn't and all that stuff, right? Crash and, crash and burn at the beginning. And I'm honest with people. It, you know, I, one thing that we talked about, Ledge, on, on your episode and other of my episodes on the, the podcast is, 
I talk about the wins and the losses because I think you can learn more from your losses. So when we started, I was a typical sales guy. You know, we built this product. It was great. And we were going to go conquer the industry. And what I didn't realize was I, I knew nothing about software. Nothing. In fact, the first, there was, a, there was a large pharmaceutical company that we got a demo. They're very interested. And they said, well, what do you integrate with? And I had no idea what an integration what was. <laughs> and I was like, integrate? Like, what do you want to integrate with? And they started rattling off. And I was like, and you know, in my head, I was kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, like, uh, okay. And then so you kind of. You Anything you want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we can integrate. And then I go to the engineering team and they're like, uh, no, we can't integrate that with, with that right now. Like, we have to build that. And I said, yeah, but come on, it takes like, what, a week? They're like, no, it, it takes a while. Like we need, we need to get with their tech team and blah, blah, blah. And so um, it was just, we, we didn't learn the ecosystem. We just thought, oh, we know how to sell. And so, you know, people always try to, I, I believe people, especially on LinkedIn, try to present this uh, uh, position of I've never failed. This is great. Look at me. I'm very honest. I've, I've always failed in my career because I test a lot of things and I'm very aggressive and I push but I very rarely make the same mistake twice. And that's where I think that I get better every single time is because you fail, you get up, you fail again, you get up. All you got to do is just get up one more time than you fail and you'll be successful. So, um, you know, one the of last my favorite years, things is like, what is that experience is what allows you to recognize a mistake when you make it again. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I, I, back, I would say it probably usually takes me two runs through, you know, I, yeah. what I've always said is like, I think I'm getting better if the, uh, you know, the relative magnitude of loss goes down on my mistake. <laughs> you know, right? So yeah. like at, at the beginning, you know, you, you make your four and five digit or six digit errors, God help you. And, uh, you know, by the end, you're just sort of like, okay, I just blew up a thousand dollars, but that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like you learn how to mitigate your destructive radius. <laughs> In the beginning, wow. you don't you you don't know what you don't know, and now yeah, it, I call them landmines, and there's always landmines in sales. And now with experience, you kind of know I kind of know how to uh, you know step around them. Whereas before, I'm just sprinting through the field and just they're going off left and right beside me. So occasionally I blow like one toe off now, you know, but not <laughs> yeah, I might get like a, a piece of shrapnel that'll hit me, and I just keep going. That stings. Well, I always ask everybody, Mike, to, you know, sort of put on your, uh, your future hat a little bit and, you know, just, uh, and, and I think you, you talked about this already. So like, what's the, what should the new sales week look like? Anything else that you want to make sure is on everybody's radar, you know, as they're, as they're just looking at this, uh, rapidly changing, you know, landscape out there. Yes. Uh, if, if you're listening now and you're a sales executive, technology is not something to be feared. Uh, technology is going to elevate every single person in your organization and a rising tide rises all boats. And so, you know, I see a lot of things on LinkedIn where there's a lot of pushback on artificial intelligence and a lot of kind of old school sales guys are saying that nothing's going to change the hand, shaking of the hand and the face to face. And I disagree. It's always, I mean, things have changed since my dad, my dad left pharmaceutical sales in 2000. And he didn't have a cell phone. In 22 short years, 
You know, I'm one of the founders of an AI technology and an algorithm that can plan your entire schedule out for 13 weeks. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years? I mean, if Elon Musk has his way, we'll have computer chips in the brain. And then all I have to do is just think of something and the computer will talk back to you and you don't have to say a word out loud. Who knows? But I do think, you know, like our, we have users that um, uh, they have Teslas and so they, they can use our platform in their car right there on the dash. And so the integration of the automobile and our platform with Rhythm, I think is going to be in the next three to four years when it's in all vehicles. And we're kind of working on some ways that can happen. In inside sales, as I mentioned, we're trying to, fi we're trying to figure out how we can bring value to inside sales and really simplify that process. But if, if you're listening right now, technology is going to be your friend. And so it is an ecosystem that is so vast and it's going to take you hundreds, if not thousands of hours of research to figure out what is out there and what can be the best solution for your organization. And so I would suggest you start doing that now. And I actually had a conversation with a couple uh, professionals that I'm kind of mentoring. And I said, stop Netflixing and chill. Stop. Well, you know, the whole chill part. Sorry about that. You know, it's the <laughs> stop, stop watching Netflix when you get home. Stop, stop worrying about entertaining yourself during the week. You know, you don't have to grind. You don't have to, you know, pour through, you know, hundreds of hours of things, but every night just spend an hour, read, you know, search, go on LinkedIn and like go down a rabbit hole of searching for things, search for tools, Think, think of what can make your life better instead of just turning on a television or going to see a concert. Now, the weekends, you need some time off. You need your brain to relax. Completely get that. But during the week, you're still in work mode. And where I started finding myself being as efficient as possible is I didn't leave work mode during the week. I would go home. I would read, I would work on things, I would, I would role play, I would practice just verbalizing what I was going to say to certain accounts. And it helped me accelerate my growth during the week. And then on the weekends, I relaxed, I chilled. Um, but technology is, technology is our friend. And I, I think the sales professionals, whether inside or outside, that utilize technology to the fullest extent are going to be the ones that are going to be the winners in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Awesome insights, Mike. Um, really appreciate it. If people want to you know, connect with you about rhythm or about your podcast or, you know, your insights on sales, what are the best channels to kind of touch base on that? Absolutely. Appreciate that. That is uh, go to LinkedIn, you know, connect with me. You can just send a connect request and, and let me know you were, you heard me on this uh, show. Um, I always like to hear that. And uh, Mike O'Kelly. So um, there should be only one Charlotte, North Carolina, rhythm AI. Um, and then you can also, you can reach out to me, Mike at rhythmai.com or Mike at survivingoutsidesales.com. I try to respond to thoughtful emails. <laughs> I get a lot of the spammy, hey, let me get five minutes. But if you say, hey, I heard you on Ledge's uh, show, would really love to connect or, you know, absolutely. Um, I, I've done that for people. There, there are people that I've met in Charlotte that I've been on, I've guests on other podcasts and, you know, they want to meet up for uh, coffee and pick my brain about a few things. And I'm always willing to help people. 
And I'm willing to give of my time if somebody is going to be respectful and go through the proper process. So Mike at RhythmAI.com, uh, Mike at SurvivingOutsideSales.com. And if you are listening right now, you can get Rhythm for $1 for the first month. However, if you reach out to me directly, I will extend that $1 trial for the first three months. So you get to use Rhythm for 90 days. If you're an outside sales, no matter what industry, you get to try that for 90 days for just three total dollars. You can't beat that. So, Love that. so Mike mention, at Rhythm.ai. And uh, everybody rhythm should know Rhythm. Yep. RhythmAI.com. Okay. Yep. And everybody should know it's R-I-T-H-M-A-I.com. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Because I typed it wrong the first time. So. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you there, if you misspell it, it'll go to several different things. And there's been a lot of confusion in the beginning. And we didn't think about that. Uh, Isn't we, branding fun? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it is. So, uh, but Ledge, I, I, I want to thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, it's been a great conversation, the the two podcasts we've done together. And um, hope to have you Let's on mine, you know, again. And uh, thank you. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.